Welcome to Keep Talking Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Tummelson, and in this podcast, we talk about all things that I am an expert in or have an interest in, such as language learning, health and fitness, global and societal issues, or whatever I feel like talking about on that particular day. All right, enjoy. What's up, everybody? All right, in this episode, I'm going to be giving you some tips on how to get in good shape via your lifestyle. All right, so a lot of people are thinking, oh, I want to, you know, lose weight. Uh, I want to, you know, get in really good shape, and they think mostly just about like exercise and nutrition, which is obviously important. But for me, I've found over the past few years that that's only like half of the ball game. Does that make sense? And so, what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk you through what like a perfect day would be like in terms of how to get into shape. Now, I know some of you guys are going to like roll your eyes when you listen to this because you're going to be like, all right, well, I can't actually do all these things. It's not a perfect fantasy Barbie world where I can go do whatever I want, blah, 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 all day long, okay? And I get that because I don't even do all these things on this list perfectly either, obviously. Um, but like, just take some of these things, take what you can from it, and you know, put them into place in your daily life that way you can get some of the benefits. And let's see, my computer is misbehaving. What a surprise. But anyway, okay. So, because um, if you do a lot of these things, it's going to have a massive domino effect on your ability to get in good shape and stay in good shape over the long term. To burn body fat, to build more muscle, just to look better overall. And in reality, like the perfect day starts the night before, right? Obviously, you're not going to be able to stay up till 3 o'clock in the morning, drunk out of your mind, and have an amazing day afterwards. So, like, probably get to bed early in general, which I'll come back to when I talk about the end of the day. But the point is, every good day kind of starts the night before. All right. So ideally, we want to be waking up without an alarm. I know this seems unrealistic to a lot of you who are like, all right, well, I wake up with an alarm every day of my life. How could I possibly wake up without an alarm? How am I going to wake up if there's not the alarm? But in general, we should probably try to get to the point where we go to bed early enough that we just don't need the alarm. So if you wake up at 6 a.m. every morning to do your job and you've been waking up with an alarm throughout all of your life, uh, because you go to bed at 11, 11.30, well, ideally, you're going to have to try to push that earlier. That way you get to bed at you know, 10.30, 10, maybe even 9.30. Just because when we wake up with an alarm every day, what does that mean? It means we're sleep-deprived. And most of us, like we don't even know anything about this because we've been sleep-deprived since we were six years old because they put us in this school system where they said, get up early and go to first grade at 7 o'clock in the morning when most of us needed more sleep than that. But we didn't know any better, and that's the society that we grew up in, right? But if you can wake up without an alarm every day, essentially what you're doing is you're optimizing your hormones, okay? Because you're kind of throwing your hormones out of whack when you're just sleep-deprived all the time. Hormones play a huge role in our ability to build muscle, to burn fat, and to have a better body. And when we are sleep-deprived, it's just much, much harder to do it. So ideally, we'll be able to wake up without an alarm. So on the perfect day, you wake up without your alarm, and you maybe wake up, and the first thing you probably should do, well, you know, aside from using the bathroom, whatever you got to do is drink some water, okay? Drink some water before you drink coffee. In general, it's a good idea to drink water before coffee. Nothing wrong with coffee in the morning. I'll come back to that in a minute, but we want to drink water first. Most of us, you know, we dehydrate ourselves, obviously, through sleep. Um, as far as, like, how much water, I don't know. Some influencers will be like, you need 32 ounces of water to start the day, four eight-ounce glasses, which... 
I mean, we could nitpick and say how much you need. I don't know exactly, but drink some water. Depends on your size, depends on everything you do, blah, 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 but drink some water. Some other like hardcore biohackers will be like, you should put some salt and some lemon lime in your water because that's going to like rehydrate you a little bit better and blah, blah, blah. I mean, but that's getting a little extreme. The point is, drink water when you wake up, okay? A lot of you guys, when you wake up, you go immediately into a double coffee mocha with nine shots of espresso and a bunch of sugar, or you have like a Mountain Dew. Don't start with that. Start with your water, okay? Now, it's also probably good to start with a quick, quick prayer, meditation session, something like that to get you into a more parasympathetic state to start the day. Doesn't have to be that long, maybe five minutes, something like that. But get yourself where you're breathing better, you're breathing more slowly, deeply, etc. Go out and see the sunrise wherever you live. How doesn't matter how cold it is, doesn't matter how hot it is. It's unlikely to be too hot at sunrise, let's be real about this. Go out and see the sunrise, okay? What is going out and seeing the sunrise do? Going out and seeing the sunrise is going to reset your circadian rhythm, which once again is going to optimize your hormones. People don't talk about hormones enough when we think about building muscle and burning fat. They play a huge role in it. If your hormones are out of whack, then the food you eat essentially is actually more likely to go to fat stores than it is to go to muscle, and that's not what we want. And the, bot- the, the reality is we live in a world where all of our hormones are thrown out of whack because most of us live with a bunch of artificial light throughout the day every day, and we don't get enough natural light. Humans really didn't evolve to have all of these artificial lights. We evolved to be awake during the natural light hours and to be sleeping when it's dark outside. And so um, this is kind of a whole new thing that's happened recently in human history with us being in all this artificial light all the time like we are um, and our hormones just kind of haven't caught up to that. So it really throws our hormones off when we go to bed super late, we see a bunch of you know bright lights late at night, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, going out and seeing the sunrise in the morning helps to reset that. Walk outside barefoot for at least a minute or two if you can. Now, this is getting a little bit like super nerdy biohackery. It's something that I still try to do on a pretty regular basis. And there's a lot of science out there that talks about all of the benefits and about how you know it's going to reduce inflammation in your body if you go out on the grass or out on the ground somewhere barefoot for a little bit. How you're going to get the, what is it, the electromagnetism from the earth that's going to kind of heal your body from certain things. It's a whole nerdy science thing, all right? I can also tell you that it just kind of generally feels good. It kind of helps with your, it can help with your balance as well. Um, But this one is, it's like, it's a nerdy tip. So if you're not into this, you don't actually have to do it. It's probably not like as big of a deal as some of the other things I'm saying on here. Um, But it's a good one. Um, (laughs) That's funny. It's like totally contradictory. It's like, it's not as big of a deal, but it's a good one. Okay. So anyway, get outside in the morning, regardless of how cold it is. Okay. The other tip would be do like a 30-minute workout. It doesn't have to be a super long workout. And we could debate whether or not you should do the workout like before breakfast, after breakfast, you know, after you eat a couple meals later in the day. We'll probably don't do it too late in the day. And again, this is like a hypothetical perfect fantasy world where you get to do everything perfectly. Um, but, you know, do a roughly 30-minute workout. Ideally, some form of workout where you're lifting some weights. Um, you don't, I mean... You're going to hear some people say, well, you should work out in a fasted state to lose weight, or you should do this, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's not really that big of a deal either way, in my opinion. Just do something to move your body. Do something probably to, to lift some weights. It doesn't have to be that long. If you've only got 10 minutes for the workout, do the workout for 10 minutes, okay? Um, and, you know, I wanted to just make a point about intermittent fasting. So intermittent fasting is something that um, a lot of people talk about, you know, where you 
let's say you skip breakfast and you eat everything in like an eight-hour window from 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I think it has some health benefits, but in terms of like weight loss and how to get in good shape, it's really not that useful or that big of a deal. In general, you should try to eat during daylight hours for the most part. You just kind of shouldn't be eating at night. That's my biggest thing. Um, Okay, so let's say you do your workout before breakfast. Eat breakfast. Have a high-protein breakfast. So what does that mean? Maybe you have some eggs. Maybe you have, um, well, even if you're into it, some sort of, you know, meat or something like that for breakfast. Um, Maybe it's a protein shake, something like that. But get a decent amount of protein in your breakfast. You'll notice here that I'm not going to give that many specific nutrition tips. Nutrition is highly personalized. Um, But the two things I will say is just try to eat a lot of protein in your diet and try to eat mostly natural foods. So don't eat most of the crap that you see in the aisles in the middle of grocery stores in the U.S. All right. So. But once again, I don't do all these things exactly the way I'm telling you perfectly every day. I'm just explaining. If you do most of these, you're going to crush. So after breakfast, this is probably the best time for coffee. So theoretically, we don't want to have coffee right, right when we wake up just because this can mess with our cortisol levels. So cortisol is a stress hormone that's released anytime our body is exposed to a certain stress and it elevates itself naturally in the morning, um, which it should because our body is it's like essentially telling our body, okay, like let's go. We got to get ready for the day. So we're going to elevate cortisol levels. We can kind of mess with our cortisol levels by drinking coffee too early, right when we wake up within like the first 30 minutes. However, I will say sometimes I just drink coffee within the first 30 minutes of waking up because I like it. All right. So um, next tip on here is to just kind of either stand or move a lot throughout the day. Like let's say you work, right? Maybe you work at a desk in an office, whatever. If you can get a standing desk that can go from sitting to standing, that's the best thing. If you can't do that, at least just try to maybe every 30 minutes or so, just get up off your ASS and move a little bit, you know, uh, do, you know, just a couple jumping jacks or something, or just take a one minute walk around, you know, the, the boring cubicles that you sit in or whatever it is, but just don't sit in one position for the whole eight hours. Does that make sense? Um, just like just sitting all day without any breaks is like the worst thing we can do for ourselves so just get up and move every now and then standing desk if you got it is ideal but yeah Um, another nitpicky one would be to connect to your internet via ethernet cable as opposed to wi-fi this is once again this is like hardcore even somewhat conspiratorial biohacking stuff Um, for most people it's just kind of unrealistic especially if you work in an office like there's no way you're going to convince the people that run the office well we should get rid of all the wi-fi stuff and put all ethernet cables because I'm worried about the radiation levels like you're not going to convince them of that so like but if you can try to kind of limit your exposure to Wi-Fi and cell phone radiation now this is like I said I say that it's still somewhat conspiratorial because there's not like there there needs to be more science done on it Um, in general some of the science says that you know, like being exposed to all of these low levels of radiation via Wi-Fi and cell phone signals all the time can be bad for us. You know, these are where like the the hardcore conspiracy theories about like 5G causes cancer, Wi-Fi causes cancer come out. Like, is that the reality? Well, it probably it's probably not that simple, but it's not really good for our health probably to always be exposed to all this radiation, which is why me, for example, like the big basic thing I do right now is I just don't put my cell phone in my pocket that much. Um, and it's funny because if you actually look at like the safety warning on your cell phone, it'll tell you that it's not supposed to touch your body oddly enough like they say you're supposed to talk on it via you know speakerphone always or with headphones and like most of us let's be honest we just walk around with our cell phone touching our body pretty much all day um 
But theoretically, due to the low-level radiation that it's always emitting, we're actually supposed to keep distance from it. So what I do is I just don't keep it in my pocket. I don't radiate my balls for the most part. Um, but other anyway, um, so just try to kind of limit your Wi-Fi and cell phone radiation as much as you can. Now, as far as eating, you know, lunch, dinner, whatever, you can do however many meals work for you. Some people do better on only two or three meals. Some people like four or five meals. I'm not giving you that many specific nutrition tips because it's highly personalized. Depends on your schedule. Depends on your digestive system, blah, blah, blah. Um, and the foods that you eat are going to depend on your lifestyle, your belief system. But once again, just try to eat high, you know, a good sources of protein and natural foods as much as possible. And keep drinking water. Drink water throughout the day. Maybe taper off the water after dinner, right? Um, so you don't have to pee all night long. But keep drinking water, natural foods. Um, get outside again at least one more time, maybe for 10 minutes or so if you've got time during the middle of the day, um, and then get outside again after dinner. So a big key, like when people ask me like about nutrition, one of the big things I always say is like a huge tip, whatever you eat is just stop eating at least two hours before bed. Like if, if people who really struggle with weight loss just always stop eating at least two hours before bed, well, they're going to solve a lot of their issues right there. And ideally, you know, we should probably be in bed by 10 because the best quality sleep that we get tends to be earlier in the night. Studies will show this, that we get deeper sleep, for example, between like 10 a.m. and 2 a.m. as opposed to like 2 to 6 a.m. Um, I'm not saying that you should wake up at 2. You should still keep sleeping at 2. I'm not telling you to be a psycho and wake up at 2 in the morning. But what I mean is the sleep that you get early in the night is generally deeper. Most people are able to generally sleep more deeply earlier in the night and the studies will show this so ideally you know if you get if, if you're a real early riser and early sleeper you get to bed by 8 30 or 9 like i do a lot of times um but in general it's a good idea to try to get to bed by 10 i know some of you in your 20s especially you're thinking that this is so boring but like you're gonna feel really good so try to get to bed by 10 in general try to do it seven days a week i know i'm telling you not to party ever and I party every now and then, okay, like once every few months. And when I do it, I'm out till like 2 in the morning. But I'm telling you, in general, to get to bed by 10 p.m., okay? It's not a perfect world. We're not going to do this perfectly every day. But in general, get to bed by around 10 a.m. That means that you're done eating by like 8 p.m. or you know, before if you can. Some people will swear by it. They'll say, oh, well, actually, you want to be done eating four hours before you go to bed, at least four hours. And I'm looking at them like, what world are you living in? Like, okay, cool, do that. But then if you do that, you can't eat with anybody else ever because nobody else eats by 4.30 p.m. But, like, that's the thing with a lot of these tips. Since we live in a society that doesn't promote good health, you have to pick and choose your battles. And you have to decide, okay, which ones of these am I going to do on a daily basis? Which ones am I going to not do? That way I make sure I still have a few friends. You know what I mean? Um, but... In general, try to eat at least two hours before you go to bed. Take a walk after you eat. Studies will show that just walking in general after every meal is really good for glucose levels. It can help, you know, kind of stave off diabetes and things like that. Um, you know, be great for maintaining a healthy physique, especially after dinner. After dinner, I think, is the big one for me. Like, with breakfast and lunch, it's like, okay, I'm still kind of doing stuff throughout the day anyway. Like, none of us are really a bum right after breakfast. I don't know. Are you? 
maybe. I'm not really a bum after breakfast. Like, especially if it's a work day, you're not going to just, like, be a bum after breakfast and just go do nothing. But let's be honest, especially here in America, a lot of us will eat, like, a big, massive dinner with, like, 2,000 calories at 7.30 p.m. and then sit on the couch, and that's it. Um, You know, and where is that food going? Are we digesting it? Is any of it being burned off? Anyway, take a quick walk after dinner. Theoretically, you want to go outside again. You see the sunset. This, once again, kind of gets our circadian rhythms in tune. And then you put on blue light blocking glasses, those sexy orange glasses. All right, I say sexy as a joke. But some of them, you know, they have brands that look pretty good. You come back inside after sunset when you get ready for bed. You put on your blue light blocking glasses. This is going to make it that way. All of the lights in your house, all of those bright blue lights are not going to prevent you from sleeping. Because what happens when you're in your house that late um, with all the bright lights, you know, you're probably, your body's actually probably ready to go to bed much sooner than you think it is. I've proven this to myself with blue light blocking glasses. Like if I don't put my blue light blocking glasses on and I'm just sitting at home looking at phones and TVs and bright lights and yay, then I'll like stay up till like 10.30 p.m. But if I put my blue light blocking glasses on, like my, I just shut down at like 8.30 or 9. Why? Because there's none of those crazy bright lights to keep me awake. It's blocking out the bright lights. What the bright lights are doing is they're keeping us awake. They're suppressing melatonin production. Melatonin is the hormone that makes us want to sleep. So it's natural for it to increase a lot right before we go to bed. But when melatonin doesn't increase, all of a sudden now we can't sleep. And when we can't sleep, we get fat. No, I'm, I mean, <laughs> that's kind of like a downstream effect. I know I made it sound a little bit harsh there, but you get my point. Like, it's the domino effect. This is the domino effect of living in a society where most of us are sleep-deprived, is that we can't control our bodies, and we can't control the shape we're in. So, ideally, you put your blue light blocking glasses on. Before bed, you want to get, you know, into a more calm state, so maybe you would pray, meditate again, read a book. I'm absolutely horrible at this. I never do any of those things hardly before I go to bed. Um, Pretty much the only nighttime routine I have is putting on my blue light blocking glasses, but that works well enough for me. Ideally, like I said, you would shut your phone off like an hour before you go to bed. You do some you know, boring reading or whatever to get yourself into a state where you're ready to sleep, and then you go to bed. And then you sleep with your phone either off or in airplane mode or at least not close to your head all night, all right, and not you know, getting notifications and, and stuff like that. That's a whole other topic. That'd be like a, an hour episode in itself of what, to, how, how to use or not use your cell phone, especially around sleep in your bedroom. Anyway, all right. So take which of those tips are useful for you. Use them. There will be benefit to it. I know you're not going to be able to use all of them. I even just told you I don't do all those things perfect. But if you do like a lot of these things on a regular basis, you're going to be able to get in really good shape and stay in really good shape in the long term. All right. Love you all. Peace.